Uh, come in, Mr. Brown. Good morning, Doctor. Well, now, what seems to be the trouble? When is a door not a door? When it's an egress. I see. It. <laughs> I'm afraid, Mr. Brown, you're facetious. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> There's no point in denying it. It's incurable, isn't it? Ten years ago, I would have said yes. Will customers kindly refrain from sitting near the bacon slicer as we are getting a little behind in our orders? But... <laughs> But medical science is progressing, and there is hope. It'd help if you could get away for a while. I could go down to the country and stay with my mother-in-law. I don't think that'd be a good idea. <laughs> what happened to the Chinese waiter who killed himself with an axe? Chopped suicide. suicide. Well, Mr. Brown, there it is. Now, please try to worry. Be depressed. Try not to see the funny side of things. What is it when a jester carries a nun? Virgin on the ridiculous. Why did the... <laughs> Why did the elephant marry the fly? It had to. Doctor! Doctor, are you being honest with me? How long have I got? Well, it could lead to... You, you don't mean... I'm afraid so. Not... Yes, I'm sorry. I'll read that again. Yes, it's I'm sorry, I'll read it again. Featuring the talents of Angus Prune, I.T. Bruddock, Dermot Stavaker, and the late Mary Battersby. This week's cast also includes Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, Bilotti. But now here's Masha Wilkins. Oh no, so I'm sorry, I'll read that again, Daddy. Again. <laughs> And now the answers to listeners' questions in Problem Corner with Marjorie Droops. <laughs> Hello, Marjorie Droops speaking. <laughs> well, straight away, let's see what we've got in the post bag. Oh, it's a postman. Well, <laughs> let's hear some of the letters he's brought us this week. Our first correspondent is E. Plimsoll of Wapping. Dear Marge, what is the best way of getting rid of moth holes in a suit? Cut the moth holes out carefully with a pair of scissors. <laughs> but don't throw them away. Keep them to make wire netting. Dear Marge, my wife has taken a sudden and suspicious interest in gardening. She's growing a strange plant in the window box, which she says is wild cabbage. But to me, it looks more like opium. What shall I do? Yours, worried. Dear worried, try a little of it. If you're still worried, then it's cabbage. <laughs> and now a letter from Mrs. Avadney, reference dictionary of Turnham Green. Dear Marge, our bathroom window has no curtains, and every time I take a bath, there's a man across the road trying to watch me. What do you recommend? Charge three and sixpence an hour. <laughs> and next, here's a letter from us old pair of bishops, Stortford. I'm sorry, us old pair of bishops, Stortford. Dear, Dear Marge, we have a complaint. complaint. Well, don't give it to me. <laughs> Dear Marge, my brother Jethro has just been deported to Australia for breaking up weaving looms. Is there any way we can appeal? Yours, Desperate Weaver. Dear Mr. Weaver, I'm afraid your letter has been held up too long in the post for me to help. <laughs> and now, here's a fascinating letter from J. Clissold of Bootle, who claims to have invented a new form of invisible ink. He writes... <laughs> and here's a letter from... Distress of Market Bosborough. Dear Marge... My husband is going around with another woman. She's much younger than me and very pretty. I don't think I know about it, but I do. And the constant deception is becoming a terrible strain. I'm at my wit's end. Please, oh, please tell me, how can I get coffee stains out of a tablecloth? 
they're distressed, push off. And finally, to anxious of Potter's Bar. I can reply that on reaching middle age, many men develop strange habits. But in the meantime, you have got your home to think about. So next time he does it, put the lid on quickly. <laughs> It'll stop the sugar getting everywhere, if nothing else. And to puzzled housewife of Dagenham, yes, they do come in various sizes. <laughs> Don't try any alterations yourself. <laughs> Call in an expert milkman. He'll know what to do. Well, that's all from me, Marjorie Droops, for the time being. And if you think you've got problems... <laughs> the doctor will see you now, Mr Jones. Come in, come in. <laughs> Ah, Mr. Jones, next time, could you use the door? It's not that I mind broken windows, but Nurse Godepet won't undress in a draught. <laughs> well, she will undress, but she won't do her dance. I'm, I'm sorry, Doctor, it's my eyes. I, I can't seem to see. Now, are you quite sure you can't seem to see? Perhaps you can't see deceived, do you so? No, Doctor. Good. It's a feminine occupation. Yes. Except for a woman. You're not a woman, are you? No, Doctor. Right, so you don't sew. Do you reap? No, Doctor. Good, good. The last reaper I had in here sized all the legs off the chairs. <laughs> Didn't matter much, though. They were only the old Chippendales. Pity there, the Chippendales were very good patients. But, Doctor, it's my eyes. Don't interrupt. It's rude. Very rude. Rude. Which reminds me, nurse, go to bed. Yes, Doctor. Coming through the door. <laughs> Undress. But, Doctor, I can't see why she should undress. It's my eyes that are bad. If you can't see why she should undress, your eyes are bad. <laughs> let's have a look at them. Thank you, nurse. Now let's have a look at your eyes. <laughs> Mr. Jones, give them what they want. That's what I say. <laughs> now, what we need is a really strong light. Uh, move over to the window, Mr. Jones. That's it. By the man trap. Good. Pass the pogo stick. Good. By the billiard table. Good. Stop. Now let's have a look. Goodness me, one is bloodshot. Isn't it bloodshot, nurse? Is red. Doctor, you're looking at a billiard ball. So I am. Silly me. How remarkable, a bloodshot billiard ball. <laughs> I must keep that as a cue in the waiting room. Now. Uh, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, I want to test your coordination. Stand on one leg, uh, put the other one in the drawer, lean on my desk at an acute angle. <laughs> Yes, you're one degree under, aren't you? Now, I look at this piece of paper and hum. Higher. Higher. Here it goes. Did you hear that tune? Yes, of course I did. Well, if you heard a tune, your ears must be bad. Doctor, it's my eyes. <laughs> Doctor, my eyes are bad. It's not my ears. Well, if it's not your ears, whose are they? Can't have ears. Can't have ears lying about the place. Ears should tell the truth. And now, look at this. It's a dirty postcard. Postman must have dropped it in the rain. Now, Mr. Jones, look right. Yes, now look left. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look right again. Yeah. All clear, and off you go. Quick march. Oh, nurse, uh, wrap up this set of false teeth and give them to Mr. Jones, will you? But, Doctor, he needs glasses. Then he'll never notice the difference. <laughs>
generations out of date Go blimey, but I've got another gimmick And I'm ready to announce If you're looking for Nirvana All you got to do is bounce Bounce, 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 bounce Give a little bounce, bounce, bounce Look at me, bounce, bounce, bounce Everybody bounce On a bed of nails, bounce, bounce, bounce. I'm happy when I bounce, bounce, bounce. Wonderful to bounce, bounce, bounce. Everybody bounce. Whee! No more sitting with the swami, with your leg behind your head. Those are people to your army. Give a little bounce instead. It's lovely, oh, it's terribly uplifting. If you do it every day, you soon find that happiness. Just a bounce away. Come along, bounce, bounce, bounce. Come along and bounce, bounce, bounce. Do it now and bounce, bounce, bounce. Everybody bounce. Whee! On a bed of nails. Oh, bounce, bounce, bounce. We're loving it. Bounce, bounce, bounce. I'm transporting. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Everybody bounce. Whee! Happy are we at the BBC? What does it stand for? British Bouncing Corporation. Bitterness and war. If you told your average soldier, one, two, ceasefire, get a little higher and bounce, bounce, bounce. Soldiers, bounce, bounce, bounce. Politicians, bounce, bounce, bounce. Everyone should bounce. Whee! On a bed of nails. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Prime ministers, bounce, bounce, bounce. Students and shoppers, bounce, bounce. Everybody bounce. I'm sorry I'll read that again. Spot the joke competition number two. See how many of the hidden jokes you can spot in the following piece. If you do spot any jokes, write them down on a postcard and send them to Round the Horn. <laughs> They want them back. So off we go with a stirring courtroom drama. The murder of the English language, sometimes known as the accusative case. Are you very quickly adverbial phrase? I am. Very quickly, you are accused of a splitting an infinitive. Say, how do you plead guilty or not guilty? No guilty, no guilty. A double negative. How then would you explain your past imperfect? I was going through an awkward phrase. There's, there's no substantive proof. Now and then, I just call on friends for a quick imperative before lunch. Is that all? Well, no. There is a rather pretty feminine gender in the case, a mispronunciation who lives in Suffolk with her grandma and grandpa. When was your first dative? I met her at a participle. There she was. <laughs> 
Oh, she was supine and in a passive mood. She's superlative, absolutely blue perfect. Mr. Quickly, would I be correct in this preposition that you were aiming at an unlawful conjugation with this feminine gender? Oh. I answered the interrogative. How far did you get? I made a pause at her, but she declined. She said a parenthesis would object. And, and anyway, she's about to become a noun. Was this news new to you? Affirmative. Thank you. What nationality is she? Italic. Mr. Quickly. Mr. Quickly, you're in quite a predicate, I can tell you. Officer, put him in brackets. You are also accused of immoral earnings from prose. And, and, and even verse, evasion of syntax. And now, the sentence. Off with his prefix. classic yarn of the South Seas and tropic climes, the tale of a man cast away on a desert island. We present the story of Robinson Prunestone. Robinson Prunestone was the poor son of rich parents. He had but little schooling, but his parents saw to his education. Robinson? Yes, Daddy. Your mother and I have been having a talk. That's right, dear. Yes, dear. And we decided that it's time you and I had a little chat about the facts of life. Do you understand, dear? Yes. Good. Now, tell us, where did you come from? <laughs> but, but as Robinson grew up, he began to have strange yearnings, an inexplicable restlessness of the soul. What's the matter, dear? I don't know, Mother, but... I just feel that I'd like to go out and see the world. Oh, no. The world's a wicked place, a very wicked place, my dear. You're much better off at home here with us. Oh, I suppose so. That's a good boy. Now, come along. It's time to change your nappy. But still, his yearnings grew until one day he packed up his belongings. <laughs> and ran away to sea. His parents missed him. Miss! And so... And so Robinson Prunestone set off on his first sea voyage, little knowing what was in store for him, as we can see from his diary. August the 28th, aboard the clipper Saucy Aardvark. We are three days out of port, and the sherry's getting a bit low too. <laughs> However, I fear that we're heading for trouble. A short while ago, there was a knock at my door and the captain came in. Oh, here he is again. <laughs> Mr. Prunestone, you must prepare yourself for a shock. I'm ready. <laughs> Boom! Oh! <laughs> but I must also tell you something about the weather. It's going to be pretty filthy. That's all right. I'm broad-minded. <laughs> at that moment, the storm burst. Suddenly, a great cry rent the air. Come in, number 17, your time's up. And the pumps, all hands to the pumps. For what seemed like hours, actually it was days, the crew worked furiously at the pumps, yet still the ship sank lower and lower. You idiots, you're supposed to be pumping the water out. Sorry. But, but it was too late. The ship began to founder. Founder, founder. I didn't know you'd lost her. Oh, women first! No, 
lifeboats first, women later. <laughs> Before I knew what had happened, the crew had deserted me. I jumped into the water and followed the lifeboats. But soon they were out of sight, and I swam aimlessly till morning. August the 29th. I dragged myself from the sea onto a beach and climbed a tree for safety. And wanting to sleep, I lay out along a branch and soon dropped off. <laughs> August the 30th. I awoke to find that I had turned a deep purple colour overnight. Then it struck me. I was marooned. Now, that was an experimental colour joke. However, those of you who are receiving this programme in black and white only are still advised by law to laugh. Radio detector vans are out in force, and if they catch anyone not laughing, they'll drag you out in the street and hit you on the nose of this week's radio time. <laughs> Available from your local news agent, price eight pence. August the 31st. My second day on the island. Got up this morning and built myself a house. It will suit my needs for now, but I still have to sleep out in the open while the bedroom's being papered. <laughs> September the 1st. I sadly miss human company, for I have not seen a soul since the shipwreck. Except for the charming Swiss family next door. <laughs> However, I caught a parrot this morning, literary joke there, and I'm teaching him to speak. Pretty Paul, pretty Paul, who's a cheeky thing then? Cheeky Paul, come on, say something, come on, pretty Paul. Oh, do shut up, you stupid little man. <laughs> September the 2nd, parrot stew for breakfast. <laughs> I've decided that I need a table and chair. Swam out to the wreck of the saucy aardvark, which lies just offshore, and brought back the necessary wood to make the table and chair. September the 3rd. Swam out to ship and brought back a saw. <laughs> September the 4th. Swam out to ship and brought back hammer and nails. September the 5th. A sudden thought struck me. Swam out to ship and brought back a table and chair. <laughs> September the 7th. An amazing discovery. Today I found a human footprint in the sand. What a shock it gave me. I never knew there was any sand on this island. <laughs> I decided to explore. At one end of the beach, I discovered a little cove. Hello. <laughs> Hello, little cove. Who are you? I'm Man Friday, ducky. <laughs> really? What are you the rest of the week? <laughs> no. No, it's my name, cheeky cat. Man Friday? What a funny name. Well, it's better than Mrs. Thursdale. Really? <laughs> September the 8th, Man Friday has come to work for me, and he's an absolute treasure. Before he arrived, I had no way of making myself clothes or lighting a fire. But Friday can just sit down with a pile of dead leaves, rub two sticks together, and make a pair of trousers. Mr. Prunestone, Ducky, just look at the lovely pair of trousers I've just made for you from the skin of a goat turned inside out. Oh, let me try them on. Ah! <laughs> you might have taken the horns out. Well, I was only trying to please, that's all. <laughs> September the 9th. Mr. Prunestone, Mr. Prunestone, somebody is washed up on the beach. Well, let's go and help with the drying up. Oh. Look, Friday, a woman. A real woman. Oh, six months without seeing a woman. Oh, speak to me, you gorgeous creature. Here, you've forgotten a lot in six months, haven't you? Hello, ma'am, you're not a woman. No, sir, I'm grimbling. But... <laughs> but here comes Miss Primula wittering again. I say hello, everybody. How did he get here? We, we were shipwrecked, sir. Oh, 
it was simply frightful. Awful. What happened to your ship? He ran aground, sire. Over there. And sure enough, where he pointed, we could see a terrible wreck. <laughs> I floated ashore on an enormous chest. So I can see. <laughs> Why don't you all come back? Why don't you all come back to my humble dwelling for food and rest? While our guests made themselves comfortable, I sent Friday out hunting and he brought back an old goat. Ah, good evening. <laughs> What are you doing here? I have come to warn you, to warn you, do you do, do you? Warn us of what? And a good evening to you, young man. But there is deadly Perry Ariel here. You must leave at one, at you must leave at soon as, soon as, soon as possible. Good evening. What is the danger? Uh, there are cannibals here. Cannibal animals, you see. Here. A thousand thanks, old man, for giving us the warning. Uh, no, thank you. I never touch them. Listen. Do you hear? Do you do? Do you hear? Yeah, how do you do? Do you hear that? Drums. What drums? <laughs> ah, now I hear them. They've stopped. That's a bad sign. Listen, I'm sure there's somebody moving about outside the hut. Oh, dear. Do you think it's... it's... Hello, anyone at home? Anyone at home? Who's there? It's only us cannibals. Only us cannibals? We were just worrying if you were free for supper. Free for supper? Go away. Why? Why? Why, that's no way to talk. No way to talk? Why, that's no way to talk. What is it? That isn't... Isn't it? Of course it isn't stupid. Of course it isn't stupid. Who's stupid? Who's stupid? You're stupid. Am I? Shut up. Shut up. Why? Open this door. Open this door. No. Oh. Oh. Go away. Oh, all right. All right. Oh, Robinson, they've gone. Don't be too sure. It may be some sort of a trap. No, it isn't. Then we're safe. Hooray! Gleefully, we rushed outside. Yes, it was a trap. We were tied up and taken to the cannibal's village. But in the confusion, Lady Constance managed to escape secretly. Oh, I'm escaping secretly, everyone. Oh, I've been caught. special recipe. <laughs> Royal castaway with coconut puree. First of all, heat the water, then add one castaway. <laughs> now you add the other ingredients. Stop! Stop! You're making a big mistake. That's far too much salt. Stop! <laughs> Go no further. Lady Constance has disguised herself as the spirit of the forest by donning a hideous mask. No doubt she plans to frighten the superstitious cannibals away in this guise. What a ripping wheeze. This, this wickedness instantly. I forbid it. I am the spirit of the forest. Oh, the spirit of the forest. Oh. Are you that city mask? Yeah, take it off. Oh, very well, there. Ah! 
And so Lady Constance frightened off the cannibals, and we all stayed on the island for several months. But at last, we were picked up by pirates. Belay there. What are we doing tonight, sweetie? <laughs> and so we reached home safely. But I bought myself an old ice cream van and returned to the island where I started a Meals on Wheels service for the ex-cannibals. And you can probably guess what they all said when I arrived with their meals in my ice cream van. Yes, I think we can guess. of another I'm sorry I read that again. Wake up! <laughs> the script this week, or this week's script, was written by Simon Brett, Rolian Baker, Graham Gardner, Joe Kendall. The songs by Bilotti, the music by Dave Lee, and the arrangements by Leon Cohen. The show was brought to you through Thick and Thin, David Hatch and Peter Titheridge. <laughs> Work it out while John Ottoclees minces to the mic, his brother, to say in his own self-satisfied money-grubbing voice, Oh no, it's I'm sorry I'll read that again!